Welcome back to another edition of Scoreline Extra. We're in a kind of a solemn mood here in KCLR. Of course, Kilkenny losing out to Limerick uh, today on a scoreline of 131 to 226. Narrowly missing out on an All-Ireland title and Limerick, of course, winning their third All-Ireland title in a row. We're going to hear now from Kilkenny manager Brian Cody. Brian, what an epic final. Um, two exceptional teams and it's just cruel that any team has to come out on the wrong side of it. How are you feeling? Uh, look, I mean, we're the team came out on the wrong side of it, so obviously everybody is just heartbroken, I suppose. Um, but absolutely, the effort of our players is magnificent. Obviously, Limerick won the game and they're outstanding champions. And what they've achieved today, they've achieved three in a row, which is... You know, it tells its own story, so we can say it's full credit to them and well done to them, but huge um, admiration for what our players put into it. Yeah, you threw everything at them and you brought it back level. Do you think from then you're going to kick on? Well, I knew we were going to keep going at it. I also knew that um, you know, they were going to not lay down for sure, so it's going to, going to go to the very end and unfortunately we just came up short. Richie Hogan came off the bench. He got the, the point to level it. What a player. He's been exceptional for Kilkenny throughout the years. It was great to see him come on and have that moment. I know it didn't go your way in the end, but great for him as well to, to score that score. Yeah, for sure. Great point. Like, I mean, so many great scores during the whole game. Richie is just one player in the whole panel and obviously has given great service for sure. But like, again, I thought our players were magnificent. A very special group and they'll go again. Look, today is a day for disappointment and, and, and getting back in. We'll go back to Kilkenny and we just, the lads will go back to their clubs and everything kicks off again. Thanks, Brian, for an epic game. Thanks so much. Appreciate that. We also caught up with Limerick team captain Declan Hannan and here's what he had to say. Declan, 2022 All-Ireland Champions, three in a row. You must be absolutely buzzing. Yeah, we're delighted now. We're kind of knackered as well at the same time. It was a, a seriously physical battle, I suppose, from start to finish. And I suppose Kilkenny being Kilkenny just kept going and going. And we, we, we kind of built up a couple of leads throughout the game. But, you know, just to get over the line by a point would have done us. So we're just delighted. Our, our bench again, I suppose, came on and drove us over the line for a finish. So over the moon, like, it's great. You'll be so tired after games. It's yeah. really hard to celebrate. But <laughs> no, we are. We're, de- we're delighted. It's, sure it's, it's the biggest day in the calendar year. So to come out the right side is, is fantastic. Yeah. It looked to have absolutely everything out there and you threw everything at it. But yeah, Kilkenny, they don't lie down. No, they don't. And I suppose that's why they've won so many All-Irelands over the years and that's why they're the kingpins. And as I said earlier on, we've learned so much from Kilkenny down through the years of how they play the game and how to keep going and going. And again today, like as I said, we built up a couple of these, but they just came back and the momentum was probably with them in the last five, six, seven minutes when they drew level and it looked like they were going to push on but um, I suppose the Munster final and the Ireland semi final we kind of ground out games in the last five, six minutes so I suppose that experience stood to us again and uh, just sure overjoyed now so we are. And when Richie Hogan came on there was a huge cheer of course he's been a stalwart for Kilkenny for so many years he got that point to level it what was going through your head then? Yeah, sure. Like I mean, it's funny. Like as a player, you kind of just get ready again for the next ball. And I think whenever Kilkenny got the goals or a big score, we kind of hit them back straight away with a point. I think Kyle got a couple there, and Garrod and Tom saw it. They were immense today. But yeah, Richie Hogan, I just was. <laughs> Not that it's great that I was delighted to see him coming on because he's such a serious player, but you know what a, a career he's had with Kilkenny and the point he scored was an unbelievable score. Like It feels like watching this Limerick team that it's, it's a really special team, a team that's going to go down in history. I suppose, yeah, we're kind of creating our own history all the way along there and uh, enjoying it all. We have, we've great crack, like the boys are good fun and I'm sure the next few days will be a bit of a... Um, 
I don't know, a bit of crack again, so I will be anyway. <laughs> you said you're going to make up for some lost time during yeah, COVID. Absolutely. So we celebrated one year on the train and went home in 2020 and that was it. So, yeah, I'm sure we'll have a great fun now in the next few days. <laughs> what happens the next few days? I have no idea, but sure we'll just go with the flow now. So we will. <laughs> Brilliant, Declan. Thanks so much. Congratulations. Away from hurling, the Kilkenny Camogie team had a victory in the All Ireland quarter final against Dublin. We caught up with manager Brian Dowling after that game, and here's what he had to say. Brian Dowling, a good win. You said during the week that it mightn't be the same as what was going to be in the Leinster final. So nearly better than the Leinster final. Uh, you really showed what you can do back in an All Ireland semi final after demolishing uh, a very spirited Dublin team. To be fair to him, yeah. Look, we're delighted to be back. I suppose our aim at the start of the year when the groups were made was to get the you know the direct route to to Crow Park into a semi final. But look up that and right, we didn't get just about didn't get there, and we had to play a quarter final. And look, Dublin came out with a very tough group, and you know they're after putting up to Cork and stuff like that, and they drew a tip. So we knew what they were going to come with today, and look, we had the girls really prime today you know really focused and the one thing I'll say about them this year no matter who we're playing you know we're ready and we'll, we'll, we'll die with our boots you know and in fairness to them Dublin got a goal there and went four up and you know they didn't panic we went down and we scored the next one nine on the trot you know and that's, that's brilliant to see but um, look obviously a huge game now next Saturday against Cork or Galway You've shown a real steelness lately I mean as you said Dublin went ahead in the 13th minute you held them scoreless then for 16 minutes as well and then you went on that purple patch getting the penalty there was no stopping Denise's penalty but you must be happy as well scoring 24 points today Yeah it's brilliant to see you score 224 in Camogie you know at 60 minutes of hurling so I mean probably if we look back you know probably left a lot of scores behind you know I think Anyone will say Denise Gall is probably the best free taker in Ireland and she missed freeze today but you know what I really liked about Denise she didn't get frustrated she stayed going she's a real team player you know she made the goal for Murray and there a little flick in and you know she was being man marked all over the place there today and you know again other players stepped up then and that's that's what you need you know it's not always going to be Denise Gall even though she did great things today like Miriam there brilliant composure for the goal and you know look these girls are working hard all year and we're just delighted now to be still going I know you said you're only taking one game at a time but at the start of the year and tell us the truth now was the aim to get back to the all Ireland semi-final at least? Oh yeah look leaving Crow Park last year um, the way we lost the, the semi-final you know it was um, very disappointing and we lost the cart by a last minute point so look we were obviously mad to get back to the semi-final you know obviously it would have been extremely disappointing and said to the girls you know coming off the bus today I said this isn't going to be our last journey this year we want to be on the bus back to Crow Park next Saturday night and we're there now and we're delighted and look it's all, next week it's just all about getting the recovery in and getting the bodies right and look I think this game will do as good you know so people look at it in a negative way but we're going to look at it in a positive way it's a championship win is brilliant you know and whatever happens next Saturday night you know we won't use an excuse It's I think this game will do as good hopefully The hunger is there Brian I mean, is there a bit of regret last year not getting to the All-Ireland final? Are the players and yourselves trying to write what happened last year in the semi-final and get back again to the All-Ireland? Look, this is a different year, you know. Our aim is always to get back to the All-Ireland, you know. I'm sure all the top teams are trying, that's the same aim that we all have. But uh, look, again, we felt last year, you know, I felt it was, I said to the girls many times, you know, we were flattening a lot of games and we just couldn't get going. I don't know, I suppose, I look at it and think maybe, you know, after winning the All-Ireland, we never really truly got to celebrate it. The girls were back and then COVID hit again and it was kind of just sluggish and we tried hard, but we just couldn't get going, you know. We were never in our flow last year year so look this year we've completely new team you know and it's probably after just giving us all a lease of life you know the new girls coming in there the younger girls and you know and in fairness to them you know they're just really after driving the whole thing on and like Denise Gall and Clearfield and Grace Welsh and all these girls are feeding off that as well and that's brilliant 
a lot of people had Kilkenny written off at the start of the year with the likes of Calais gone uh, Davina is gone Megan is gone and then you had Kellyanne and Aoife doing the injuries at the same time like that's five of your backs basically um, that was gone for the year and a lot of people had you wrote off but you're proving an awful lot of people wrong and you're playing some amazing stuff all throughout the year as well yeah well, look we have to keep it going you know we're not, we're not going to be happy just getting to a semi-final you know we have to get back to the other and that's the target and look I compared 2020 to this year you know we lost Katie Power we lost Edwina Keane we lost Michelle Quilty you know that were all brilliant players one or two more just can't think the top of my head now and we lost them in 2020 and we still went on and won in All-Ireland, you know. So, look, you can either, we decided to either make excuses or we just drive it on and we get on with it. And, you know, I've been involved in a, in a few teams and I, I have to say the bonds within this group was just unbelievable, you know. There's something special there and they're just really fighting hard for each other and, like, it's so enjoyable going training, you know. They just want to learn all the time and, you know, they're taking everything on board and you can see that that they're enjoying their hurling there. You know, I suppose Katie Nolan is a perfect example. You know, she's probably struggling for form there a couple of weeks ago, but you can see she's getting better and better and better you know, and like I, Katie Nolan be at training at six o'clock doing a bit of skipping, and then she's doing shooting practice and stuff like that. Like that's what these girls are, are doing. They're trying to improve all the time, and we know that next Saturday night now is going to be another huge step up, and we just have to get ready for that now. Galway or Cork in the semi-final who do you fancy? Oh look Jesus don't matter look wherever we get now at this stage is, it's going to be tough so um, look wherever we get in the draw we'll just have to be ready for them anyway so Well the draws has been done shortly tell us the week coming up to it it's been a fantastic couple of weeks for Kilkenny the hurlers are in the final tomorrow you've been there before with the boys as well it could be an exceptional couple of weeks for Kilkenny tomorrow the All-Ireland semi-final potentially a Camogie All-Ireland as well the buzz around the county at the minute is fantastic yeah it's brilliant look anytime you get to go to Coe Park for an All-Ireland final it's brilliant I suppose I didn't really get, I haven't got to enjoy the build up to tomorrow you know just just complete focus on this and I said to my wife during the week that if we lose I might be going to Coe Park with her and I got this look <laughs> and then I, I said don't worry we better win this match so um, no look really look Looking forward to going up tomorrow now, you know, especially we're kind of on a high after tonight. So we'll enjoy the match tomorrow and then we'll get our own heads right and get back into action during the week. I suppose there's not really much you can do during the week now, only recovery and get the girls and the bodies right now for next Saturday. Yeah, that's it. Look, I suppose if some girls didn't play a full 60 minutes, we can do a good bit with them and get them up to scratch because, you know, when you're playing Cork or Galway, you need 20 players to, to try and get over the line. So look, we'll see who we get in the draw and we'll just we'll try to work on that and look forward to next Saturday then. Perfect. Well done, Brian, and best of luck next Saturday. Yeah, thanks, Mark. We also spoke to Kilkenny senior camogie player Katie Nolan. I am joined here by Katie Nolan after Kilkenny's victory in the Glen Dimplex All-Ireland Senior Quarter Final against Dublin. Katie, great achievement back in an All-Ireland semi-final. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's where you want to be at the start of the year and we are forgetting an extra match now under our belt, so um, we're looking forward to next again now again. And it must have been, like, I suppose, to kind of talk us through that match there, Dublin went up, won four to three points ahead. Did it kind of realise, maybe Don and you, that, you know, there's a game of this and you have to kind of you pull your socks up and get going? Yeah, well, we never underestimated Dublin. We knew what they were going to bring. Um, yeah, again, it just took us a while to get going. Um, but then again, I thought it showed character the way we did come back and we didn't really let them back into it then after that again. So, yeah. And for yourself, three points from play, you know, all the forwards working really, really well. You know, you're all gelling really well there together. Yeah, um, the ball in, especially from our backs as well, and our backs on great defending. Um, and then sure it's easy with the ball over the bar when you're getting good ball in. So, yeah. No bars, that's great. Thanks very much, Katie. No bars, thank-
On Saturday's show, we spoke to LJ Cleary, OTT wrestler, ahead of his match with AEW's All-Atlantic champion. Welcome back to Scoreline. Myself, Shane O'Keefe here until 6 o'clock. Now, anyone who has been an avid listener to the show over the past two years knows that I'm a massive wrestling fan. We've talked to various different wrestling personalities throughout the year, but now it's time to talk to one of the fastest rising Irish superstars in the game. Joining me now on the line is LJ Cleary. LJ, thanks very much for taking the time, sir. What a kind introduction. Thanks for, for having me. <laughs> uh, it, it's so true, though, LJ. I think I've seen you wrestle back in 2016 up in Fight Factory Pro Wrestling, and just to see your ascension since then, I've seen you in the National Stadium. I've seen you in ladder matches in the National Stadium, and you're going up mm-hmm. against some of the best of the best touring the world. But speaking of the best of the best... One man comes to mind, and that is AEW's pack. Former Neville in WWE, the new All-Atlantic champion. You're going up against him at Poetry Slam this 22nd of July for over-the-top wrestling. You must be stoked. Yeah, I'm extremely excited. It's more, like, excited more so because for anyone listening that that doesn't know, uh, this match was meant to happen on March 14, 2020. Um, like, so literally, you know, if, you know, that timeline is right around when COVID, the pandemic and lockdowns and all kicked in. So I actually woke up on my 21st birthday on March 12th and found out that the show had been cancelled, like the match had been cancelled. Um, and I really like, you know, I kind of flip-flop about, you know, mindset of, you know, I'd be upset about it and I'd be positive. I, I did keep telling myself, like, it is going to happen eventually. The match is going to happen. But I'd, I'd kind of thought that maybe the ship had sailed for it happening in Ireland. And I was like, okay, maybe maybe that maybe I'll get that like a couple of years down the line, whether it's in the States or somewhere in Europe. So the fact, but the fact that it's actually happening back at OTT at the new venue in Dublin, at the, the complex in Smithfield, is surreal. It's uh, it's excitement, but you know, there's obviously a little a little bit of nerves there. But it, it is definitely more excitement than nerves. And, and, and touching just on what you said uh, in regards to the pandemic, I had tickets to go up and see that show. I was looking forward to seeing yourself and John Moxley, the current AEW mm. champion. Um, just that period of the pandemic, we've discussed it a lot with different uh, sports stars and athletes that your progression can be quite hampered. So say in boxing, you don't get the opportunity to spar, so you might lose a, a touch or two. For yourself, was that ever a bit of a concern when you couldn't actually get into the ring that the rust builds up? Or is there a bit of muscle memory there when it all came flooding back to you? Yeah, so like, you know, ring rust is definitely a thing for, for some people. More so for me, so when I realised, like, right, when I kind of hit that, right, there's, you know, initially, I think it was what we thought we were going to be in the lockdown for two weeks, a month, or a couple months, or whatever. I was just like, right, I can't train, it's just, which is obviously not ideal. So I was working out at home and stuff, you know, and everyone everyone went through the phases of doing like the home workouts and stuff. <laughs> but when I kind of realized we were in we were in lockdown for the long haul, I just, like, I'm big, like, obviously, with being this deep in wrestling, I am a massive wrestling fan as well. I've been since I was a kid. Like, you know, I would say obsessed, obsessed wrestling fan. Like I think you have to be obsessed to kind of be in the position that I'm in now. So I just made it sure to myself that I was going to come out of the pandemic as much smarter wrestler. 
So I was watching wrestling like every single day, trying to look at it in, a, in a, maybe in a different way than I'd done before. I was doing things like uh, online classes with groups of people where like I'd give like matches to watch. But then we watched them take notes about it and speak about it. So regarding like mentally, I feel like I came, I actually came out a much smarter wrestler from the pandemic. And then actual in ring wise, like the the main thing that like was I guess a bit of a struggle coming back um, was you can't train for wrestling cardio. I don't think unless you're wrestling. Like I could have went on five five k runs every day since lockdown and I don't think it will like carry on to wrestling I remember the first day back training we did like a drill that pre-lockdown I'd be able to do like no problem 10 times and it hit me like okay I think my body like had forgotten the the beat and how to breathe but then literally after like a week of trying the four times it was I felt like it was back to normal so it was just kind of snapping it back and it did happen very quickly and no doubt you've been kind of coming out of it and you've been flourishing it and you've been touring all of Europe but now you're going up against not only one of the best that Europe has ever produced but one of the best the world has ever produced yeah. in the form of Pac and you're talking about your in-ring cardio going up against this man who is an absolute animal it must be it, it is you mentioned there was a bit of a nervousness but is there an appreciation for what he's able to do and a bit of kind of I'm at that level and cockiness if you get me because you've been put in there with him yeah de- definitely like and again it kind of plays into the when the match did get cancelled the first time like for me the hardest kind of thing to 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 swallow about that not happening like when when it got cancelled I was you know I on the day I remember being like oh to myself well look this, this is but COVID, you know, this is a kind of bad thing happening. And I'm obviously, this was the biggest match of my life. But, you know, I, it could be worse. Like, my family are okay. I'm okay. Um, but then as it went on and it was like, you know, oh, it was going to be like another year until we wrestled or whatever. Um, I kind of, I was trying to understand myself, like, why did that, why did this happen to me? You know, being a bit like, oh, what was me? Like, you know, I was, why did this happen to me? Like, why did this, why did this show get cancelled? Why did this match get cancelled? Because... I felt like I'm not like a, a big religious person, but again, I think over lock over lockdown and stuff, it kind of made me realize a lot. Like everything does happen for a reason, and I couldn't I couldn't understand the reason why the match wasn't happening. Like I couldn't it just I couldn't justify it until it got announced like a couple of days ago. Because then I was like, wow, I am so much more ready than I would have been when that <laughs> match was actually meant to happen. Like that that it made me be like, and the fact that now he's you know, AEW All-Atlantic Champion. It's for the AEW All-Atlantic Championship. That couldn't, that couldn't have happened two years ago when it was supposed to. Like, I also found out about the match while I was doing some time at the uh, WWE NXT UK Performance Center, which, like, again, I wasn't there when, when the match uh, got announced the first time. And then to go back to, like, say, the cardio aspect of it, I'm definitely, like, I definitely look a lot better than I did then. I definitely am a better wrestler. I definitely have better cardio. Um, and yeah, there's definitely an appreciation for like what he can do. He's an absolutely spectacular performer, and he's someone to me. Um, I guess on the, you know, coming from a fan side of it as well. Like you know, NXT in like 2014, 2015 had a really big part to play in like me really falling in love with like in ring wrestling. Like you know, the actual kind of appreciation for 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 in ring wrestling with yeah. like the likes of. Neville at the time and Sami Zayn and, and, and Finn Balor and stuff and he you know he was the NXT champion at the time I was 15 
when when that was all kind of boom and I've been trying like two years and, and he was someone that was a genuine inspiration. So there's an appreciation there that way that it's a proper match that, my God, if you had have told me that in 2015, this match would be happening. And it's crazy. I was just going to say for, for an AEW championship, AEW wasn't even a thing then. Yeah. Crazy when we think about it. You mentioned the the performance center over in the UK for WWE, and you were training over there. How conscious of you are you of the accessibility that is there now, due to various different wrestling schools opening up in Ireland that have probably blossomed because of the paths that were paved by the likes that are of of Sheamus, of Finn Balor, of Becky Lynch, and of course, homegrown stars like Joe Cabrera and so forth. How conscious are you when you're over there? Are you like, wow, do do you even get a moment to take that in and just go, wow, this is is absolutely surreal. Not many people ever get to experience what you're experiencing now. Yeah, 100%. Like, I made sure, you know, as much as like, you know, I'm there to you know, you're there to work and there to impress and stuff. I was, uh, I definitely made sure to take it in because, yeah, um, again, I don't think, that, you know, in around that time I just mentioned, like 2015, even seeing uh, Neville or Pac as a as an English wrestler, I was like, wow, like, uh, you know, he had to have gone to America to do that, you know, because at that time there wasn't a, a kind of clear way to get to a WWE, whereas now, like, there's, there's more avenues. And then with that, opening then as well I think that makes it easier for uh, a company like an AEW too but um, yeah I definitely appreciate it it was uh, taken in because that was something that you know as a, as a, as a kid who, who would have if you had told me like oh you'll get to you know stand in a, in a WWE ring um, no matter where I'm at in my career like no matter what I'm looking at to do next or anything the fact that that's something I've got to do um, was you know a box definitely ticked but I can you know assure you that it, while I was there it was incredible, but like once that this match got, got announced, like it's literally all I've been thinking about. Like you don't understand how many times since like it got cancelled that I have in, I have envisioned this match in my head, like um, being in the ring while he makes his entrance and and things like that. I say I've literally I genuinely would put money on it that I've thought about it every single day since it got cancelled. <laughs> and, that, and that is an obsession and that obsession comes from the youth and watching wrestling back then and when you're talking about watching wrestling in your youth there was a few different promotions and then for the longest time there was just the one the WWE is that the main goal for you now or with different avenues that are available for various different wrestlers and companies like AEW of course there's Japan Here, you could be coming out as an AEW champion uh, come the end of yeah. Poetry Slam with OTT is the ultimate goal unclear now for you because of the different avenues that you could have? Yeah, I would say it's unclear in the sense of that I don't know what path I'm going to take, but the main goal of being... So, like, I'm, I've gotten to become, like, a proper full-time wrestler in the last year, yeah, which has been amazing between, like, wrestling and coaching. But the main goal would be, you know, be able to really provide for, like, you know, me, my family and stuff off just wrestling. So that's like that's the main, main goal. But maybe the, the pathway there is a little bit more unclear than maybe I would have thought, you know, four years ago. Just because, like you said, there's so many different avenues that I don't want to just, you know, be like, okay, this is the this is the one I'm going on. Because, like, again, there's so many different turns that a career can take. Um Again, I didn't like. I didn't know two weeks ago that I was going to be wrestling for an AW Championship, and now now I am. So, 
It must feel absolutely so surreal. Uh, we know that you're training as well. Uh, with various different organisations Fight Factory Pro Wrestling just what a, a school that has been run there by Phil and Casey just amazing things have been done down in Phoenix and of course the School of Irish Wrestling there's so many avenues open for people that want to get in the industry and starting at ground level just like you did just like Seamus did just like Finn Balor did mm-hmm. and then the chance to blossom and be nourished by these organisations it's just it's really heartwarming to be able to look in from the outside and see all that happening and then go to a show and see all those people continue to flourish and as a trainer yourself you must take tremendous pride with the amount of talent that's being produced in Ireland and how good the shows are yeah I, I really do especially as like having come more into a into a, a more established I guess coaching role within the last year and a bit like I was always someone I was you know helping out with here and there um, but yeah there's there's a lot of amazing Irish talent now like uh, Martin Stairs, Fabio, Justin Daniels, that's kind of just on the, you know, that's on like the Fly Factory side and then on, in School of Irish Wrestling there's Kelly August Lynch and then down in Phoenix you have like Reardon O'Connor which again there's so many like the fact that there's three schools and like I'm really I'm really, uh, I'm really proud to be to, to be part of, uh, of all of them because it is just I, I felt very much so like you know pre-pandemic Irish wrestling was booming and it, you know there was a kind of there was some bleak points during the pandemic where it's like is it going to get back to that but I feel since the stadium a couple of months ago and like this show coming up um, and then with like Five Factory and Phoenix doing, doing being busy as well I think it's very much so on the upswing you know it's, it's, it's back on the up so I'm really glad to, to see there's still so many people as invested as I am whether it be Chinese wrestlers or fans Lee, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thanks very much for taking the time. Poetry Slam, the 22nd of July, in a new venue as well up in Dublin. Go check out the OTT Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, if you want to check that absolutely stacked car. But I can assure you, Lee, from everybody within Ireland, and I'd imagine everybody bar in Newcastle they're going to be cheering you on for OTT Lee thanks so much for taking the time and best of luck in that match with Pac I can't wait to see it thanks Shane it was a pleasure Thank you. Lee Cleary there, or LJ Cleary, as I should appropriately say. He's about to face Pack up at OTT Poetry Slam on July 22nd. Tickets are limited. Go check out Over the Top Wrestling's social medias to be able to get a chance to go and watch what is no doubt going to be a cracker car. Stick around here on Scoreline. Lots more still to come. As always, we cut up with Joe Sheehan on everything that's happening on the local greyhound scene. Joe Sheehan, ladies and gentlemen. There's no show like a Joe show and giving us all an update on everything that's happening in the greyhound world. First of all, Joe, welcome back, sir. Well, what, what an introduction, Shane. I'll absolutely <laughs> blown away by that introduction. I mean, you've, you've, set, you've set the expectations very high after an introduction like that, but it's good to be back. I've been bursting to get back on the live radio because we were doing recordings for the last couple of months when I was away, but I'm delighted over the next couple of weeks to be able to do the lives and to be able to uh, give out the dodgy tips and keep the dodgy tips coming to all your lovely listeners. Yeah, well, it was great being able to... Like, you were more informed than most of the people within Ireland about what was happening in the Irish Greyhound world while you were over in Dubai. How did, how did the Irishman put up with the heat over there anyway? Because we're going to have a scorcher day tomorrow by all accounts, so if you have any tips and advice... 
He doesn't put up with the heat. <laughs> for the last for the last two months in Dubai, it's been over forty degrees, and uh, people are coming up saying to me, "Oh, sure, you didn't see much sun. You're very pale, but you can see much sun because you're literally baking out- outdoors. You can't do two or three minutes." But um, yeah, no, literally, we got off the plane on last Saturday and Sunday, and next thing the sun started shining, so we brought home the good the good weather with us. So I'm looking forward to the next couple of days in the heat wave. Lovely. Well, what happened? Actually, we in in a heat wave like this. Um, you know, obviously the greyhounds that have to be looked after and stuff. Does racing still go ahead with that, or what kind of precautions are put in place for for stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. So as you mentioned with the heat, so uh, racing has been called off in a number of venues tonight. So down in Limerick, our, our local track here in in um, in Tralee as well, a number of tracks racing has been called off tonight. Um, the local officials make a judgment, of course, with temperatures and weather in, in the area. So a number of places have a racing call off tonight just for the benefit and the welfare of the greyhounds obviously with the heat it's 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 not it's not feasible for them to be out running in that heat so, so their welfare is number one is that the utmost priority in um, the irish greyhound board and, and the welfare is so so key so so a number of venues have no racing and also trials have been called off monday and tuesday across the country of course, with the heat wave coming in, so and ex- and of course for those greyhounds who are travelling, there's extra precautions taken. You know, fans and all vans of aircon, and they're, they're very very well looked after. But yeah, so racing has fallen by the wayside in a number of tracks tonight. But of course, the main thing is the greyhounds' welfare, and that's the that's the real key thing here. Yeah, and obviously different parts of uh, Ireland will be affected. So you mentioned that some places did happen to go ahead. Was Kilkenny one of them last night? Yeah, we had Kilkenny last night. We had a 10 race card. But last Sunday, we had the biggest day of the year, one of the biggest days of the year in Kilkenny. We had the 20,000 euro John Mitchell and Kilkenny Greyhound Owners and Breeders Association Festival of Racing. It was a magnificent day, Shane. We had four finals. We had two open races and 20,000 euro prize money for all connections involved. It's been wonderful. We also had the fundraiser for the local coursing clubs in Kilkenny and Carlow as well. So we had some cracking action last Sunday, an impact crowd. It's really great to see fantastic crowds coming to our local track in Kilkenny. We'll give a shout out. It was wonderful to see from the four finals we had last Sunday, they were all syndicate-owned winners, so it's fantastic. Syndicates are a fantastic way of getting involved in the Greyhound racing game and they don't actually cost too much. What exactly does that mean then, Joe? So basically a syndicate would be if me and you and a couple of lads that meet up for points every weekend, so one of us would get the, the great idea of starting a syndicate. So you could basically buy a greyhound for maybe 2,000, 3,000 euros, something like that. So if you had like 10 guys, it would be like maybe 300 euros each. Average training costs would, would be um, 300 euros a month. So split that 10 ways and it's 30 euro a month, basically. I'm just giving, you know, average figures for a, for a 10. Like I'm involved in a, in a 10-man syndicate at the moment. And that was the upfront payment. And then it's 30 euro a month, something like that. So it's, the money's quite small. And then you get to go out and see your greyhound run every couple of weeks and every couple of months. And so for last Sunday, these syndicate-owned greyhounds, they were competing for big prize money. It was €20,000 divided amongst all those races. So lots of them got return on their investment and even more. So basically, generally what syndicates do is they keep a kitty going. They might get a couple of nights out. They might get their you know, nights out at the restaurant, restaurant in the tracks and the various tracks across the country out of their kitty. And it's a wonderful way of keeping involved in the game and really, really doesn't cost that much. Shane, I'm going to try and rope you into a syndicate one of the days. I know <laughs> your, piggy, your piggy bank is, is, is bursting over there with cash. I'm going to try and dip into it someday and get you involved in a syndicate. Oh, man. Uh, no, I'll be getting the run to any litter anyway with my money in my back pocket. 
Well, after all, we've had a bit of bad luck lately with the tips and stuff. So when you're down at the bottom, the only way is up. So I think I think it's time. I think it's time to dip into your piggy bank and let, let's 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 get cracking with the syndicate. What do you reckon? I well, sure. I will give it a go. An old scoreline dog it wouldn't go too wrong. Joe, I, I wanted to talk to you when you're saying about down on your luck. Last week we we said that you're on the way to a gig. And uh, you're a singer-songwriter, you're on the way to a gig, you're after flying in from Dubai, driving all the way to wherever the gig was at without your guitar. It got lost. Did that end up getting resolved? The luggage never landed, would you believe? I was standing at the conveyor belt, and I'd, uh, as you said, I'm a singer-songwriter, I was playing music last Saturday night, waiting for my guitar and my pedals and my gear, and nothing landed. So it was a bit of a catastrophe, to be honest with well, as you said, we had some bad luck, but we had some good luck then as well. So on Wednesday, I had five days without my luggage, pure disaster. On Wednesday, I got a random phone call from uh, a guy with a French number, actually. He had just landed into Dublin Airport from France. He'd seen my guitar laid on the side, just beside the conveyor belt. He saw my name and number on it. He rang me and said, listen, I'm a musician myself. i seen this guitar on just in Dublin Airport turned down. I know how, how it must feel without your guitar. You know, because it's like an extra limb for me, really. Yeah. And uh, he said, he said, where are you living? He said, I said, uh, I'm in Limerick. And he said, uh, well, I'm, I'm in Ennis. Do you want me to bring it out for you? So I said, do so. Wow. So, so he walked out, of the, he walked out of the airport with my guitar, and uh, I, I met him in Ennis Thursday morning. He happened to bring it down from the airport, and there had been no word from, from anyone else really. He just happened to spot it, and thank God for him. So I've been, I was playing music last night. So that's, uh, that's a bit of a good news story. So he brought down the guitar, and he was actually getting married, married at the weekend. So I gave him a card with a few quidnits to, uh, to send him on, on his, on his very way. So that was a, that was a good news story amidst all the luggage catastrophe that's going on in Dublin Airport. So yeah, I got my, got my guitar back. Thanks to God. Oh, that's absolutely lovely. And it's great now that you have your guitar to be able to do some sombre tunes after Limerick end up losing to Kilkenny tomorrow. So you'll be able to, I wouldn't say pick up the spirits of your Shannon side counterparts, but you'll be able to at least play some docile tones. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a cracking match. And the thing about Kilkenny, and we've seen it in 2019, you're, you can never, ever, ever say you've beaten Kilkenny. And... Um, I definitely don't. I definitely think the Limerick boys are going to go out there showing that the hurt that uh, Kilkenny caused us in the semi-final in 2019. But it's going to be a cracking match, and really, really looking forward. What's what's your own verdict on the chain? Well, all up here in Kilkenny, it seems to be overwhelmingly positive. Now we were talking to former Limerick captain James Ryan last week. He said that maybe Limerick sometimes get a bit too cocky when they're going into games because they haven't really lost. Uh, a crucial game since probably that 2019 game against Kilkenny that you mentioned so he said they probably won't be cocky going up here I don't know if he was just saying that to appease the Kilkenny folk that he was talking to our own Robbie was on Live 95 down there and uh, didn't let him get a word in edgeways so I don't know what's, <laughs> what, what, what's the sentiment like down there are you coming in cocky or let me rephrase well, it are you coming in with confidence or is there a bit of doubt and worry down there the Limerick team have, have had such success over the last couple of years, but with the Kilkenny team and every team Brian Cody has managed, they never know when they're beaten. They really never know when they're beaten. And you can never, ever, ever go in cocky against Kilkenny. And I think as, as much as Limerick maybe sometimes get carried away and sometimes I know supporters get, get carried away, I've heard boys planning nights out on Monday night and, and everything. And, uh, you know, you don't want to count, you count, your, uh, count your, your eggs before they're hatched. I, I, personally, I would say you're never, ever, ever uh, going, going to beat a Kilkenny team too easily and Brian Cody his stamp is all over those players they never know when they're beaten and they'll fight till the bitter end um, of course Limerick have the recent track record success but I wouldn't be overly confident and I wouldn't be I wouldn't be I'm not a betting man but I wouldn't be lumping on Limerick Limerick to win by any stretch of the imagination I think it's going to be a cracker 
and uh, I definitely think Kilkenny will, will give it a will fair, fair rattle but I'm really looking forward to it I hope I don't get too much slagging if they do lose when, I, when I'm on next Saturday You will 100% be getting slagging and you won't be invited <laughs> if Limerick win <laughs> I'll be after who are you going to get to replace me? I'll, I'll, I'll get Robbie to do up some Greyhound reports because uh, we, we can see on the Greyhound Ireland website like it's it's uh, GRI or GR Ireland um, but it, it, it's so well kind of put together and the reports are very very quick if anyone was ever kind of looking to get some <laughs> quick information so it, it's done really well so you reckon you might be giving, you might be giving me the curly finger <laughs> yeah we're replacing your website now so. <laughs> an automated system one of, one of one of the speaking of, speaking of the website I was just on it a while ago one of the, one of the race meetings that is going ahead tonight is in Dundalk where we have the 2022 Bar 1 Irish Spring Cup 20,000 euro to the winner nine heats tonight and plenty of local interest in this one and of course local connections have won this a number of times before last year good Cody won it from the Kennedy family His fa- their father John comes from Erlingford Peter Cronin won it in 2014 and of course Paul Hennessy the man who had trained the Cheltenham Festival winner he also won it in 1999 quarter to five and great to see some strong local interest tonight Mert Lahey, a man whose name has been mentioned many times in the show he has a number of runners tonight two runners he's out in the first heat and second heat with Zoom and State Express Peter Cronin has Ella Supremo and Cape Cloud in action tonight of course and Cronin knows how to win this competition so best to look to the local runners in the Irish Spring Cup tonight 20,000 euros to the winner of this one perhaps our syndicate dog could be giving this one a rattle next year <laughs> Joe absolute pleasure talking to you as always enjoy the game tomorrow enjoy all the action in the Greyhound days and hopefully we can look forward to a few more live Joe Show live here on Scoreline over the next few weeks and I'm looking forward to being on next Saturday. Win, lose, or draw. I know, I know, I know. You won't give me the right card, Shane. I know, I know. <laughs> I, I know deep down you wouldn't do it. I never would, Joe. Time pleasure time. as always, sir. Thanks a million, Shane, and to your lovely listeners, have a wonderful weekend and up the cats. Ah, oh, you've heard it here now. You've heard it. The Limerick man shouting up the cats. That man can bring a smile to anybody's face. I tell you that, Joe Sheen. We're going to get him on. We have to get him up here to Kilkenny someday. We'll go to the track and we'll get him in here doing a bit of live music. Brings a smile to my face consistently. Just an absolute true gentleman and a student of the game. Elsewhere in Carlo GAA, we also caught up with Pat English, Ballon Killen selector. That was a great performance. I know you're very impressed with the first half. St Mullins were always probably going to come back a bit, but you had enough done. Everybody played well. He had great work ethic, and everything seemed to work right on a beautiful night for Hurling and Carlos. So well done. The semi final, more or less guaranteed. Yeah, semi final guaranteed with two points in the bag, and ha- very, very happy with the first half performance. St Mullins do what they always do they've great pride in their jersey and they came out and they won the second half and we'd have to be very very conscious of that going forward um, but really really happy with the, with the first half performance and probably could have kept the scoreboard ticking over a little bit better in the second half and, and took a little bit of pressure off us but that's a, that's a learning curve it's a young team and we're really really happy with the performance and we'll, we're in a semi-final as you say and we'll just go on and move on and prepare for it two, two goals were excellent Pat yeah they were well worked um, have, can have no qualms uh, now in fairness the goal the same one's got in the second half was probably the goal of the game they worked it in and worked it across I think it was bowling caught and stuck in the back and they had a very very good goal but he's doing that all year um, no yeah look we, we got some good scores we hurled well it was, I think it was a good open game of hurling and what more can you ask
ask for. Yeah, collectively, you'd have to be happy with the lads. I think your point on second half probably better. You only got five points in the second half. If you're going to win a Carlisle Championship, you know as well as I do, you got to get more than five points in the second half. But two nine in the first half, that deserves a bit of credit. Yeah, we get credit to the lads. Um, our, our target was to get to the semi final, and we won't look at winning the championship yet. We'll, we'll take every day as it comes. We're in a semi final. We've around next week to see where it goes and permutations of St Mullins beach. Rangers, we beat Bagnestown, just three on eight points or whatever. So there's pecking orders there still, and you permutation. So we, we just have to keep doing our job, and we won't worry about anybody else. And we're in the semi final, yes, but we have a lot of work to do. Okay, but a good night nonetheless for Ballinkillen. Absolutely, if, uh, yeah, we, sh- we showed we could play Hurling tonight. Okay, and as a died in the wool man now, it's all Ireland weekend, and this uh, interview will be going out before the final. Kenny and Limerick, uh, you're living there at the border, but you've uh, a lot of expert blood on you. Uh, how do you see it going? Um, after the Clare Kilkenny match, it's hard to see um, Kilkenny um, being beaten very comprehensively, but uh, immortality beckons for Limerick, I think, and that's a serious. They're a good pressure. side, aren't they? It's serious pressure, but it's also a serious uh, challenge and a serious. Uh, goal to get three in a row is if, if, you, if you're not able to push on for three in a row then you shouldn't be putting on a jersey <laughs> but Kenny are still Kenny aren't they still Brian Cody's Brian Cody's after Bill and he's the Alex Ferguson of hurling um, he is he's some man he his, it's, it's his life and he'll have a trick or two up his sleeves he'll have could, our, you, see, could our, you see Kilkenny turning them over absolutely oh I I've never I've never seen Kilkenny go into a match where I don't expect to win Okay. and that's and it's an All-Ireland final and you have to um, Aaron Galan won't be getting the space that he's got in previous matches there'll be serious pressure in the middle third um, no it'll be war of attrition and whoever gets out but both sides are able for that the condition for that Okay. well listen Pat well done tonight thanks for a few words about the All-Ireland enjoy it and we'll talk to you next week I will thank Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for that. Well done again. That's all for this week on Scoreline Extra. Don't forget you can catch the live show every Saturday and Sunday from 2pm. We'll chat to you again soon.